Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 21, verses 5 through 19. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name and say, I am he. And the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified. For these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and plagues and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. After hearing this passage, does anyone really want to be Christian anymore? (laughs) We're going to take the same track today as we did last week as well. And in case you weren't here last week, quick overview. We looked at context in three different ways. And the scripture last week was about a woman, uh, the Sadducees, and... uh, does anyone remember what, how do we remember who the Sadducees are? They are sad, you see, because they don't believe in, who said it? The resurrection, right? They're sad, you see, because they don't believe in the resurrection. So they came to Jesus with a question about the resurrection, about this woman who was married to seven different brothers, and each brother died, and then that woman eventually died not having kids. So the question was, whose wife is she in the afterlife? So they're trying to catch Jesus in a trap. Right? If it really continues, well, how's that going to continue on? Right? And we looked at it in three ways. We looked at the context of the conversation as it originally took place. Then we looked at it as the conversation of when it was written down. Why was that story selected to be passed on to those people? And then we talked about what might that mean for us today. So we're going to take that same track this morning with this passage. 
why this conversation? Why was this going on between Jesus and the people? What was it pointing toward, or why might it have been necessary? Then when it was written down, why was it chosen to be passed on, and what might that mean for us today? We have to begin with the original conversation. I lost my train of thought for a moment, sorry. The original conversation in which these people come to Jesus, uh, or Jesus says, as for these things you will see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. And he talks about all these horrific things are going to occur. Something you need to know about Luke's Gospel, there is a turning point in Luke's Gospel in which, and I forget what chapter it's in, where it says, Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem. So it kind of takes a shift and there's more of a purpose in what is going on. And a lot of the conversations that take place are geared toward what's going to happen in Jerusalem at the end of Jesus' life. And what is that? What happens in Jerusalem? He dies, right? That's kind of a main thing about Christianity. Right? So he goes there and he dies. Uh, he's put on the cross, buried in the tomb, and rises and so, this is a way foreshadowing of what is to come. Jesus might be referring to himself as the temple, right? And then what will happen after all that occurs? People will be arrested because of him. You know, if you choose to follow, all these horrible things will occur if you really choose to follow Jesus. So it's kind of foreshadowing and preparing of what is to come. Does that make sense? Right? That's one aspect that it plays, preparing the people of that time. But this was written down about 75, 80 AD, or BCE, right? About maybe 40, 45 years after the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So out of all these stories that were selected, why would this one be chosen? Because a lot of these things were occurring to those people at that time. One of the major things that occurred, and we've talked about this a little bit before, about 70 AD is the temple was destroyed. Not only is Jesus predicting it there, right, is the way it's looked at. Not one stone will be left upon another. But now when this is written down and passed on, there literally is no temple. It has been destroyed. Not one stone is left upon another. We've talked about how the Romans uh, had oppressed the Jewish people at that time, and so there was a revolt about 66 in which uh, the Jewish people tried to rise up, and they uh, did some protests, and they attacked some of the Roman uh, people, and the way Roman came back was like, oh my gosh, you're going to pinch me a little bit? We're going to come in and wipe you out. And so the temple, the place that was the most holy, that if God dwelled on earth, right, there was a room within the temple called the Holies of Holies, and one priest, one day of the year, was allowed into that room. The Romans took out that temple, and it was destroyed. And then, remember, all of Paul's letters were written before this time. So most of the New Testament was written maybe in the 50s, early 60s, a lot of, a lot of Paul's letters. It's where we hear about the martyrdom of Stephen hear about a lot of these stories of early Christians and what it meant to follow Jesus in a time of 
If you did, you could be killed. And what a life following Christ was like. And so this story was selected at this time to be given hope to people that are actually facing these atrocities. Does that make sense? One, this might occur. This is occurring. You're in the thick of it. And so Jesus is giving words of hope at the end. But not a head of your hair will not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. Right? In the end, it will be okay. There's a quote uh, after I gave a sermon a few weeks ago. Um, I'm looking, Joe's over here. Russ had told me about it. What's the name of the movie? The, the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. And the people, I guess, have seen it. Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. And then he says their quote, and I looked it up, and it's not really attributed to anybody. It's just kind of out there. But the quote is, in the end, it will be okay. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Right? In the end, it'll be okay. If it's not the end, it, if it's not okay, it's not the end. I think that does a good job of summing up what Jesus is saying to these people. And to remember, death isn't the end. Death isn't the end. In Christ, life continues in some new, mysterious way. Right? Our hope is at the end, Christ comes again and all is made new. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know when that's going to occur. But I know our job as Christians now is to be part of that restoration project. What is that new life going to be like? How do we live that life today? And here's the thing. If we do that, how might our life go? Not always going to be really smooth, is it? Because it means you have to speak truth to power. It means you have to point out when things maybe are unjust. It means you have to point out, not just individually, but systemically, when are things detrimental to the human race, to certain portions of the population or certain demographics. And when we point out systems that are unjust, what does the system have a tendency to want to do to you? They want to wipe that out like they did to the temple in Jerusalem, don't they? Right? And so how many people are sometimes hesitant to want to call out systemic injustice? <laughs> not exactly easy to do. Especially we're not the ones affected by it. I can live a very comfortable life just kind of finding that middle ground, sail through, and things will be okay. But is that the life we are called to as a life in Christ? To care for the widow, the orphan, the hungry, as you do to the least of these, you do to me. So how do we seek out and live lives alongside the least of these? And trust that when we do that, we are living alongside Christ himself.
itself. That's the life we're called to. That is a really hard life because it means maybe recognizing some privilege that we have, recognizing the comforts that we have, and not everybody always has those comforts. And so how do we make ourselves uncomfortable for the benefit of others? Another quote that I really like is, Jesus came to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. I'd like to think my life is easier if I can be part of that afflicted group, right? Because then I'm comforted. I need to realize I'm really already part of that comfortable. And Jesus, in some way, came to really turn my life upside down, to open my eyes to the way things are, to peel back those layers. We talk about the lies that we tell ourselves. How do we recognize those lies to peel back the layers to understand the truth about who we are, who the world is, how the world God dreamed it to be is not the world that we really have, but we can see glimpses of it, so let's point out those glimpses, jump in and join in those places, knowing that it will be hard, but it will be good. To understand, no, it's not okay right now. And it's not the end. In the end, Christ That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.